Hey, look around at your friends right now. Take a look around. I know you're getting a camp high and let's do this, guys. Let's go down the mountain, man. Let's do this together. We got this. Your friends that you're sitting next to are going to let you down. Some of you, and I hate this, I absolutely, it breaks my heart. You are going to get absolutely crushed by a church that didn't mean to do it, but somebody, somebody trying to, trying to do what God wants us to do is going to hurt you and you are going to be crushed. And some of you just a few short years from now, you're going to walk away from the church and go, that's not what it was supposed to be. That wasn't supposed to do that to me. And you're going to choose to walk away from the bride of Christ. And it's because you're putting your trust, you're putting your faith in people. And not what we just sang about. Put that chorus back up there again. You'll never leave my side, guys. As much as I would love to go down the hill with you and help you live life, as much as I'd love to be like, dude, we got this, man, come on. As much as I'd love to in the morning say, let's do devotions, let's go, baby. As much as I'd love to be there with you and say, hey, make sure you treat mom with respect today. Some of you guys are going to get involved with groups and you're going to think, man, I got my group's got my back. My gang's got my back. My boy's got my back. And they're going to disappoint. There's only one that will never, ever, ever leave your side. And some of you are going to put your, your confidence, your hope in other people or in leaders. You're going to put it in a place. You're going to put it in a thing. And everything this side of eternity, other than Jesus Christ, will disappoint you. And, and you're going to keep looking. But my heart breaks for the heartache that you guys are going to experience. As you go down the mountain and you forget these things that I've tried to speak to you with passion and conviction, I've tried to tell you things that are true that I believe will give you light years, make you light years ahead of anybody else. Because you're like, no, I got it. I know what life is all about. It's about the glory of God. I got it. I got it. I got it figured out. And you're going to go down and you're going to forget. And you're going to live how you want to live. If we could switch that over, Jesus is the one who said, I am the way. I am am the truth. I am the life. You're going to think, oh man, if I just get the right, right person to marry, if I just get the right education, if I just find what God has called me to do or what I'm supposed to do in life. You know, people never used to think, what are we supposed to do in life? That's the question now, right? You're going to get to high school. Hey, what are you going to do? What are you going to do after high school? What are you going to do? That was never a question. It was like everybody kind of knew what you were going to do. Everybody had it figured out. You're going you're gonna to try to be the person you're supposed to be so that you can marry the person that God has for you so that you can raise a family that glorifies God. 
And yeah, you got to do a job along the way. You got to feed the family. You got to provide the fam- for the family. But that's the big picture. That was it. And some of you are going to try to find all kinds of stuff to replace Jesus Christ. You know how I know? Because even after you see him, a little bitty tiny glimpse of him like we did the other night, you're not going to put a priority on meeting with him every day. You're not going to put a priority on going, I want to study his word and know what he has to say and let him speak to me. And I'm just letting you know, I hate it for you. I hate it for you. But you're just going to be heartbroken. And you're going to be disappointed. If you died today, where would you go? Smoking or non-smoking? Heaven or hell? I just want you guys to realize something. You are going to be there for a really long, 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 long time. Hey, I am going to stop trusting in my works. I'm going to trust in Jesus Christ. Okay, good. All right, as a believer, as, a, as somebody who's repented and trusted in Christ, what on earth are you doing for heaven's sake? What are you going to do that's going to matter in eternity? Not just this world. What are you doing in this world that's going to matter for eternity? You've got three things to offer. Time, talent, treasure. And Satan is going to try to get you to be a humanist really quick because that's all you've got. That's what our whole world is. You're surrounded down there by nothing but humanism. Make yourself happy. Use your time to make yourself happy. You use your time the way you want to use your time. Use your talent, use what you're good at to make yourself happy. Use your treasure, use your money to make yourself happy. Hey, what on earth are we doing for heaven's sake? When you die, and everybody's going to die, I don't know if you realize this statistically, 10 out of 10 people die. 10 out of 10. Every single time. I'm going to die one day. I'm going to try to make it the last thing I ever do. It's going to happen. When you die, you're going to get a tombstone possibly, maybe a plaque. And on that plaque, it's going to say your name. It's going to say the date you were born and then the date you died. And in between it, they're going to put a line. We call that a dash. That's what you get to give to God. How are you going to use your dash. What are you going to do? The Bible says, on earth life appeareth for a moment and then vanisheth away. When you're young, it's easy, it's tempting to be like, are you kidding? Life is so long. And you get old and you go, oh my goodness, that was so short. All you get is a dash. How are you going to use your dash? What are you going to do with your dash? Are you going to use it for yourself? Or are you going to use it for the glory of God? Humanism is what says the end of all being is the happiness of man. 
Christianity is what says the end of all being is the glory of God. The reason we exist is for God's glory and not our own. John Wesley was a famous preacher. He said, light yourself on fire with passion. And people will come from miles to watch you burn. What would it look like for you to get passionate for the right things? Some of you can name teams, name sports teams, name scores, name stats, name figures, name clothing lines, name stores. You can't name the Ten Commandments. You can't name the Twelve Disciples. You don't know a lot about God or His Word. And you think you got life figured out. And I'm just telling you, you don't. You know, maybe, maybe instead of me trying to communicate this message of what a real Christian looks like, maybe I'll let somebody else do it today. Maybe I'll let somebody else just try to grab your attention and make you realize what a real Christian actually is. Let's watch this guy. I think that if you're a true Christian, you don't consider Christianity just a part of your life. It is your life. And if you follow the teachings of the Bible, specifically uh, Mark 16, 15, which says, go out into the world and preach the good news to all creation, then uh, you have an obligation to share that faith with others. If you saw a building on fire and you knew there were people in it, and you knew that you were capable of running in there and saving someone who wouldn't be able to help themselves, if you knew that you could help them, would you just stand there and do nothing? And unfortunately, by not clearly seeing the issue, I think that's what a lot of Christians do, is they just stand there. I think by most Christians are not really well educated as to their own religion's position on various issues. They consider worshiping Jesus to be part of their lives, but not their primary purpose. And I believe that true Christianity considers it to be the primary purpose. If you're a true Christian, you believe that those who are not Christians, those who have not followed the teachings of the Bible, uh, that have not accepted Jesus Christ as their personal savior, those people aren't going to heaven. They're going to hell. Hell's not a fun place. I have heard Christians, definitely, uh, that have the view that everyone is entitled to their own belief. And that's not necessarily a bad position to have, but if you believe that what they believe is going to earn them a place in eternal suffering, then there's a problem with that, in that you're allowing them to be tortured for eternity while at the same time believing that you shouldn't save them from that. It's, it's very awkward. If you really believe that uh, people who are not Christians are going to hell, then that is a, a very serious consequence. And if you don't take that seriously, I think that you might be compromising your own belief system. Those who do take their faith seriously, they need to encourage or teach those who might not how important that is. Sometimes I think Christians are afraid of being labeled as a Bible thumper or uh, to have uh, negative connotations associated with them. But that's not necessarily negative if you're a Christian. I think it's something to be proud of. 
There's nothing to be ashamed of if you're a Christian about the Bible or being a Bible thumper. It's something to be proud of. It's something that you take seriously. And it's something that you should encourage others to take seriously as well. And it might require you to challenge yourself to, you know, stand up in front of crowds, to talk to people that you don't know. Missionaries work in places uh, where the predominant religion is not Christianity. And that's a completely different scenario uh, than, you know, in most parts of the United States. But they, they take it in stride, they accept it, and they move on. You shouldn't take rejection personally, but consider it uh, that you gave them a fighting chance. Give them a fighting chance at heaven. Uh, even, if, even if you do have to uh, risk offending someone or risk a friendship, uh, it's a simple matter of weighing priorities. If I were a Christian, of course, I would take the Bible seriously. I respect people who take their beliefs seriously. And I would take the Bible's teachings seriously. Among those teachings is the idea that there is a heaven and there is a hell. And those that accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior go to heaven. Those that don't go to hell. And the implications of that are very far-reaching. And you're an atheist? Yes, I sure am. How is it that he gets it and you don't? How is it that he gets it and you don't? What are we missing? What are you missing? What are you doing for the glory of God? What are you doing that's going to matter in eternity? You guys have an opportunity to glorify God in school. You have an opportunity to glorify God in your hallways, in your home, in your church. People are going to let you down. The church is going to let you down. You know how many people I talk to that say, the reason I'm not a Christian or the reason I don't go to church is because of hypocrisy? You ever seen hypocrisy in the church? You ever seen somebody claim to be a Christian and then do things that aren't Christian? Let me ask you something. You ever been the hypocrite? Isn't that interesting? We are the hypocrites sometimes, and yet there are some of you that are going to walk away the church, from the church and say, I just, I can't handle the hypocrisy <laughs> when we do it. Is there such a thing as a counterfeit $100 bill? Does that prove there's no such thing as a real $100 bill? Matter of fact, the counterfeit is evidence that the real thing does exist, right? You can't have a counterfeit if you don't have a real thing. Guys, you can't have counterfeit Christianity unless there's real Christianity. Hey, what are you doing for the glory of God? I decided to spend my life trying to tell people the truth about who God is and how he created the heavens and the earth and the fact that the word of God is our ultimate authority and they should make peace with God while they have time. That's what I've spent my life trying to do. I try to make it easy for people to share the gospel. 
I make resources. I got a small group series called Beginnings that we do. I got the small group series Lost that I've got, just trying to train, just trying to equip, just trying to help. I want you to get it. I want you to know. I produce a show every week called The Creation Today Show. We, we tackle conversations every single week. It's a live show every Wednesday, just trying to help people understand the truth. I go to the atheist rallies. I go to the atheist events. I debate atheists. I have conversations with atheists. I love it. I just want to use my life for the glory of God. I'm just a kid that wants to live his life for God because I think that laying up treasures in heaven is more important than laying up treasures on earth. I do debates with professors, with evolutionists, presidents of the American humanists. I love what I get to do. I hate leaving home. I hate leaving my family. Cannot stand it. Every time when I was getting ready to come here, Saturday night, I put off packing until the last minute. I didn't pack up until about 1 o'clock in the morning, Sunday morning, and I'm flying out at 7 o'clock because I hate packing and walking away from my home. I love what I do. I love you guys. I, I have really enjoyed getting to know you guys this week. Thank you. I seriously. Man, if I could, I'd just give every single one of you one of those big old I love you bear hugs and say, Please take this seriously. Please listen. But I know that I only the Holy Spirit can open your heart and open your eyes. I can't do it. With as much as I want to, I know only the Holy Spirit can do a work in your heart. I love, I go to churches. I do television programs. I've made a couple movies. We made the Genesis movie, a fun movie on the creation of the heavens and the earth. Hey, what are you doing for the glory of God? I did something about two years ago that was kind of cool. I uh, I made a website where it's really easy to share the gospel. It's uh, just kind of this new thing I'm doing. What you do is you you go to a coffee shop or you somewhere where you're at and you buy somebody a cup of coffee. After you buy their coffee for them, maybe they're in line, you just walk up and say, hey, can I get that for you? And you hand the cashier your card or your money or whatever. And the person is like, oh, my goodness, you just bought my coffee. Wow. And I say, hey, here, I want you to have that. Have a good day. And I walk away. The card is just a picture of a cup of coffee on one side. On the other side, it just says, whyibouchtyourcoffee.com. They go to it every time. Curiosity kills the cat. They're like, well, I wonder why he did buy my coffee. And when you go to the website, whyboughtyourcoffee.com, and I tried this before I, before I released it publicly, I tried this with, with different leaders around the country. I sent them a bunch of cards, and I said, I need you to spend about 100 bucks, maybe 200 bucks for me. I need you to go around coffee shops buying people's coffee. I want to look at the Google Analytics and find out, are people in your areas where I knew they were at, our people, and I gave them a day on this is the day I want you guys to all go out. And it was amazing. Google Analytics, I saw people popping up on those places going to whyiboughtyourcoffee.com. When you get to whyiboughtyourcoffee.com, I do this all the time, by the way, in, the, in, in drive throughs I got a friend who owns a coffee shop, and I'll sit there and pay for people's coffee. I'll hand them the card, and instantly, instantly, while they're waiting on their coffee, out comes their phone, and they're typing in 
whyaboutyourcoffee.com. I was in the Pensacola airport. You guys won't know this guy, but some of the older generation will know this guy. And this guy's sitting at the, uh, in the restaurant in the Pensacola airport while I'm flying out. I walked up. I said, hey, he's drinking coffee. I said, hey, I just, I need to buy your coffee for you. He's worth like 18 or something million dollars, his net worth. He wasn't about to let me buy his coffee. He said, no, no, I can't let you do that. I said, no, no, I insist. Somebody did something for me one time, and now I have to buy your coffee. I got to pay this forward. Here, I want you to have this. And I gave a card to Kelsey Grammer. Huh. Hey, I'm trying to make it easy for you to share your faith with this. That's all I'm trying to do. I also, I, uh, I've got these cards that I take around with me. These are kind of fun. It's just a little car. That's what it looks like. Can you see it? It's just a little car, and I'll take it. And as I'm getting on the airplane or as I see somebody and I pass somebody, walking around on the street, doesn't matter where I'm at. I just keep these with me. And I just walk up to them and, hey, did you get one of these? Huh? What's that? I say, people wait their whole life for this thing, man. They wait their entire life for this. That is a round to it. You know all those things you say you'll do later when you get around to it? That's it. I found it. Here's your round to it. Make the bed when I get around to it. Clean the room when I get around to it. Do better in school when I get around to it. I found the round to it, and I give it to them. And then I say, hey, people say that they'll make peace with God later when they get around to it. I just want you to know it's later, and you just got your round to it. The back teaches you how to make peace with God. Just a simple way to share the gospel with somebody. Share the good news. I'm just simply trying to make sure people know that they can have answers. We do this weekly program every, every week. It's pretty awesome. I mean, we talk about everything from the Nephilim. What are some answers that Christians give that are really, really bad? Hey, what about flat earth? You ever heard of the flat earth movement? Got kind of big. Well, let's compare flat earth versus science. Then we went into flat earth versus the Bible. Did you know they've discovered the real Mount Sinai that's burned on top where Moses received the Ten Commandments? There's literally still an altar there with a calf inscribed in it. Phenomenal. Did a whole show on that. Hey, you, you interested in cultural issues like abortion? You know, you can abolish every single abortion argument. Every single one can be taken out just using a couple questions and some logic. You know why we have racism in, in America? You know why that's such a big deal? We've got to talk about that. Hey, is this the end of the world? Are we there? We go into these subjects. Every Wednesday at noon, creationtoday.org. We go into these subjects because I want people to be equipped. I get some of the best communicators in the world come on my show and get to be your teacher for an hour every single week. Man, I love it. It's a, it's, it's a passion. It's fun. It really is a blast. I, uh, I, a couple years ago, stopped carrying a bunch of books and shipping a bunch of books with me, and I started putting all my resources on a thumb drive. I was able to fit over 24 hours of our teachings on here. I was able to put my debates on here, my small group curriculum beginnings on here. And it's just, it's just a lot of information there that I just, I wish I could go back down the hill, or I wish we could stay here for a couple of weeks, and I could just download this right into your brain so you'd know this truth and this truth would set you free. 
I put um, a bunch of books on this little thumb drive, several different books on here. My charts and my graphs uh, are on here. Bonson's book on homosexuality on here. The Evolution Cruncher. This is 900 pages. Everything you want to know about creation evolution. Carbon-14, dinosaurs, everything. 900 pages. Phenomenal, phenomenal book. The Great Debate, the Bonson-Stein debates on there. Then I put a bunch of videos on there like my debates. Several of our Creation Today shows are on there. Small group curriculums are on there. Uh, my, the talk I'm going to give tonight that I cannot wait for you guys to hear, put that on there. And then I turned all the videos also into audio so you can listen to it if you want to just listen instead of watch. And then, and then I put the PowerPoint slides that I use. I put those on there just to, to make it available. I want you guys to be able to learn in any way you want to learn. I'm not the only ministry doing stuff like this. There's lots of amazing ministries out there where you can learn and grow and learn how to live your life for the glory of God. If you only saw the big picture, oh man, if you only saw the big picture. I put the movies, the Night at the Creation Museum, Night at the Ark Encounter that I just did, put those on there so you can watch those. Man, I just want you to have the truth and I'm trying to make it accessible and easy to get. Oh man, I love you guys. And it hurts me that many of you are never really going to get it. It hurts. It really does. I need you to know something. There's a preacher who speaks bolder and louder than any other, way, way louder and way bolder than anything I could do on this stage. He's not very popular, but he speaks all over the world. He, he actually travels every part of the globe. He speaks, this guy's incredible, he speaks every single language. You may think that's impossible. It's not impossible. He speaks every single language. He knows every dialect of every language. He visits the poor. He calls upon the rich. He preaches to people of every religion, and he preaches to people of no religion. The subject of his sermon, he has the same subject every time. It's always the same. It never changes. He's got one message. He's incredibly eloquent. He's incredibly powerful. He stirs feelings in our hearts that no other preacher could stir. It's unbelievable what he can do. He brings tears to eyes that would never cry. No one is able to refute his arguments. There, there's no heart that has remained unmoved by the force of his appeal. He actually shatters life with his message. The problem, most people hate him. Everybody is scared to death of him. His name? Death. Every tombstone is his pulpit. Every newspaper Prince's texts, and someday one of you will be his sermon next. You get a date you were born, a date you were died, and a dash in between, guys, and that's it. Your friends around you right now will let you down. Your church will let you down. Don't, don't leave them. Don't disgrace them. Don't turn your back on them. You are going to let somebody down. There is one that will never, ever, ever let you down, will never leave your side. 
and you're going to try to put all kinds of things in your life to give yourself security, to create a bubble around you. And the one thing you need is the one thing a lot of you are going to avoid. And it's, it's a real, personal, individual, private relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So this morning, this morning, I want to give you a chance to not hang out with everybody else. I want to give you a chance to go, I don't know how this works, but I'm going to try. I am going to get by myself with the one who will never leave me and never forsake me. And I'm going to spend some time just reading his word and crying out to him and saying, God, help. You think, is, do you have enough that you could maybe play that song one more time? Could we try to do that? Let's do that song. Let's do this, guys. Let's do this. We're going to sing the song. And when John is ready, John, you just say, let's go do that. And then you keep singing that song. And, and sometime during that song, when you're ready, when you're ready, I want you to get your Bible. I want you to go somewhere on this unbelievable campground. And I just want you to get by yourself with nobody else and say, God, here I am. I'm all yours. Do what you want with me. You're the only one that'll never leave me. You're the only one that'll never forsake me. You're the only one that'll always be by my side. So as they sing, as we sing, when you're ready for that individual time with God, you'll hear the bell ring when it's time for the next event. But up until that point, would you just spend an extended time, you and God and nobody else, only you and the one that will never leave you, only you and the one that will never, ever forsake you. And would you figure out that that's more precious than anything else that you can fill your life with? And would you figure out that when you go down the hill, you need to get that kind of time every single day. Let's start that habit right now, this morning. As we sing, whenever you're ready to go, have your quiet time with God. You go have your quiet time with God.